2: Whoa, 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 hey, whoa. whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not
0: doing two black guys today, Matt. We're doing three black guys. Oh. I'm here.
2: Okay, okay.
4: I, thought he was
0: okay.
2: I thought you were
3: producer. <laughs> dude. <laughs> All
2: right, now I stand I you. corrected. Right. Let me start no, that over I'm then. Well, welcome to Three Black Guys with Good Credit today. Um, and in today's show, uh, a little bit of a somber tone, we pay tribute. To the great Kobe Bryant, in the wake of his untimely death, we first want to say rest in peace to Kobe, his daughter, and the other seven passengers that passed away on that crash. And like a lot of the world, we felt a connection to Kobe and our two black guys with good credit team also felt there were many lessons and takeaways from his life that directly related to the topics we cover here. So today, we wanted to, again, pay tribute to Kobe and discuss the Mamba mentality. Hey, Big
4: Matt. Um... I'm so happy we we're able to put this show together. Not only are we, you know, it's it's about Kobe, yes, but you know, I know, you know, between you and Arlington, you guys like have personal experiences um working with Kobe. So I thought it would be great, you know, for our audience to know a, a little bit of background about, you know, some of the things
2: you've done with personally with Kobe. Well, first off, I'll just put it out there. You know, there's Kobe's passing has affected you know the world it's affected sports fans it's it's affected Laker fans it's it's affected Kobe fans and I'm kind of all of the above like I'm right. a super sports fan and I'm a super Laker fan and I'm a super Kobe fan so it just really hit me hard but I followed Kobe from before he was drafted throughout his whole career and I as a television producer I was lucky enough and blessed to interact with him and interview him a few times for different shows I've worked on. And quickly, what was that like? Oh, it was great. Uh he was like back in the day when Kobe and Shaq were teammates, um, I got to interview both of them and and Shaq At the same was time? always no, but Shaq was always, you know, gregarious, fun-loving, kind of, you know, with coming crack jokes. Kobe was more official, more buttoned up or like, you know, serious but fun but and polite. He was always nice. There was never any issues. He would open to to answer all questions and and share information and I I was around him at both the young stage of his life and I got to be around him at more of the veteran stage of his life I know for the basketball fans we know that that he wore two numbers there was the number eight Kobe and the number 24 Kobe the young Kobe and the Black Mamba era of Kobe, and it's, right. anyway, I got to to be around him at both times of his life. And um, what did you see, like,
4: far, like, let's talk business wise. What did you, what transition did you see from like the
2: young guy to like the the like you said the Black Mamba older Kobe? I would just say he was always very focused, driven, and on point. Like he was the kind of guy who you could tell he was. I guess sometimes you and I've interviewed some athletes, celebrities, rappers who are more into the flash or the, the diamonds and the celebrity. And then I've interviewed some celebrity um, artists, athletes, entertainers who are very much about the business. And Kobe was definitely about his business. He would, he was focused driven and had a lot of like, when you would ask him questions, he was very well thought out on what he had to say. And he was just, you know, about his business. Well, I love,
3: there is a quote actually where he said, you know, I would actually, as my legacy, i I want to be remembered more for my business sense than actually my basketball, which I thought was pretty amazing.
2: They're that's shocking. That's like a – in some regards, to, to, if, to if I would have heard that, I would think, oh, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. But the cre- real crazy thing is he was really on a pathway to actually making that happen, which is – because his sporting career was so off the charts great. Like he was one of the greatest – Athletes in world history, like you know, every era, like you're gonna have the the special ones. He was one of those elite, like really rarefied air athletes. So to have then a second half of your career, you're after, you know, you retire to your other, you know, whatever your other endeavors are gonna be to actually be on the pathway. Like he, within two years of his, you know, retirement, he's winning awards that people don't win. Like
3: let's
4: let's pause for a second because I want to I want to now bring in like this black guy with good credit and you know we're lucky enough to know that Arlington actually you know worked with Kobe as well and I remember years ago I mean when I was a young boy still am but when Arlington <laughs> told me that um,
0: you're like he, the black Peter Pan
4: <laughs> when he told me he I still head. never forget like when he told he me he, he did a he did a commercial with Kobe and then when I was researching for this show I realized that Kobe's first endorsement was Adidas and Arlington yes. was part of that. I know Arlington doesn't like to talk much and brag about himself, but he was part of that first Not commercial that Corby that, right? did with, with, with Adidas. And I remember one of the things that he told me both, like Kobe loved the motorcycle that they used in the commercial. And he said to, uh, he asked Arlington, I think, if I remember correctly, do you like this bike? Arlington asked do you like the bike? He said, oh, yeah, I'm taking it. <laughs> <laughs> and he rode off into the sunset on that motorcycle. But I'll let Arlington you know, talk a little bit more of like, his kind of working relationship with Kobe back in that would be the late 90s.
0: Well, you know what's so funny about that story? And this is when you know Peter Pan has become an old man because he manufactured the the whole back end of that story. Kobe did not ride off on that. <laughs> <day>. <laughs> he didn't <ride> off on <laughs> oh that At dementia that time, he was a much more val- much too valuable asset to even get on the bike for the commercial. He put on the suit and walked away from the bike. There was no (laughs) riding of the bike. There was no riding off into the sunset. I I like the visual. Yeah, but it was a nice, you know what, Peter Pan, that was a nice
4: story. (laughs) So tell us the story then.
0: But unlike, but, you know, like Matt was saying, Kobe's, like Sean said, Kobe's first deal was Adidas. And at the time, Adidas was a client of mine, so it was my job to document all the unveiling of Colby's first shoe. So if he had press conferences, um, television appearances, uh, media days, whatever, I had to be there to document, to create these internal highlight reels that would be sent to Adidas so they can see what was going on and how it was panning out. And, you know, the amazing thing is this is young Colby. Like, I remember when he went on the date with Brandy and took her to her prom. I remember going for a shoot, and, you know, there was this lady sitting with him, and everybody was like, who's that? And they're like, oh, that's Vanessa. That's his girlfriend. And we are like, where did she come from, you know? I remember those things. I remember at the time, he was still in that kind of gray area where he hadn't been fully accepted by the league, his teammates, people were saying all kinds of things about him because you have this Black guy coming into the NBA, he speaks fluent Italian. Mm-hmm. He didn't grow up like the typical, the quote unquote typical NBA player and media was struggling with that. But he was always confident in who he was. And at the early, and at that phase, even as young as he was, I remember when he bought the he bought an Italian soccer team. And people were like, why is he buying a soccer team? Because number one, you have a black male, 18 to 19 at that point, buying a soccer team most brothers weren't even playing soccer in the pantheon of media they didn't really look at it as like black men played soccer and now you have one owning a team so he was always business minded from the very very
4: beginning i'll tell you this arlington you know that's, you know, as I did research, and, you know, Matt and I would we always we'd be joshing back joshing back and forth who's better between Kobe and Michael, and I was always dead fast strong on Michael, and Matt was dead fast strong on Kobe. But, you know, in Kobe's passing, you know, you really... He was kind of everything I strive to be in so many different ways. Like, I'm always trying to be this black man that doesn't fall into this stereotypical of what you think black men should be. You know, what you think we should be, how we should be in the business world, and, like, you know, somebody, I'm trying to... You know, come out with a book on financial literacy, and I I, I met with a, a writer that wrote a book that was, has written a top New York bestseller, and the first thing she said after reading, oh, this is a great outline for a book, but, you know, we should make it more specific towards African men, African-American men, and I was like, you know, when Kiyosaki wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I don't think they went to, we should make this more specific for Asians, like I'm just a I'm just a man trying to write a financial literacy book that people will appreciate. And you know, I love and this you know, I didn't want to get into the the business side so fast with Kobe, but this shows with him like he's just this black man not 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 designed in the way you think he sh- a black man should be designed. And this is how I am going to drum to my beat. This is how I'm going to carry myself in the NBA and moving forward as a businessman and I think that's everything I strive to be.
0: Yeah, well, I think you have to as Colby showed, you just have to be yourself. It's because I think there's oftentimes we have one perspective of what right. a black male is. It's, and when you come from different, you can be black and come from different countries and have different yes. experiences and speak different languages, but sometimes that, and I guess going back to, we're talking the NBA 20 years ago. So that, that was not the norm. Now you have guys in the NBA that speak Greek and speak they're straight up African, and that is their first language. And, they you know, Africans, come,
4: come on, bro. They yes. speak
0: like Ghanaian or <laughs> they you. speak, um, they're African. yeah, those they speak Ghanaian or, you know, I'm at a loss for the next French. choice of words, but French. you know what I mean, French, or, exactly. <laughs> okay, great. Thank you. So you, you have that now, black man. you know, back then it was different, and he was not trying to be anything and, and he never other concerned. than who he was. Yeah. And even, yeah. with, even with our
4: show, people that listen to our show, I don't know if they get it yet, but yes, we're called two black guys a good credit, and today three black guys a good credit, but we're really just trying to give great financial literacy, regardless of your everyone. race, gender, mm-hmm. sex, for everyone. And luckily enough, the fan mail that we get is from everyone. I mean, yes, we, yes, we are black people, we want to help our people, but this is financial advice for any and everybody. Yeah. You know
3: what I else thought? what else I find very interesting cuz you don't you don't see this a lot either and I could be wrong but he stayed with the same team
2: that is rare for
3: 20 very rare. years especially this yeah. Tell me about the that the good the bad this,
2: and the ugly This generation of of sports free agency and player movement has become the norm back in the day like in the you know 50s 60s 70s it was more common but in modern times athlete movement is very much the norm, and for an athlete, not only to stay with one team, but to also play twenty years. Both of those, that the longevity and the the um, loyalty to one team. Even though there there were some times where he he talked about wanting to leave, and and I do also want to add this. I do want to be clear that we we are aware that Kobe Bryant was a man who had flaws like everyone else. We don't want to deify Worst. the man. It's just I think there are so many admirable qualities, characteristics, and, and traits that he, he exhibited that a lot of us can model after or learn from. And not that there aren't other people that, that did it, but he did it very well. So I just want to be clear that we're not trying to make him out to be St. you know, Peter Absolutely. or Jesus Christ. But the man did a lot of really impressive things. But to your point, Dion, yeah, that was rare.
3: And I feel like that says, again, something to his character. Because I mean I, I'm gonna liken this to my fashion days, um, complete different industry, but you jumped around to make money. Yeah. And so to see that the the like you said, the loyalty, I think it comes back to the consistency. So what you can create when you're when you're laser locked and focused, right? And not always taken off by distraction, what's possible?
4: Yeah, Kobe was committed to the to the Laker brand. And he was able to then like Matt, out, who's yeah, wearing okay. his his jersey exactly. right yeah, now know. <laughs> so, I, I, and you know the part that, like Matt just to just to echo kind of what Matt is saying, you know th- this show is about Kobe Bryant, the black Mamba, right, so we're showing like what this mamba mentality, where it can project you to, you know, where are the things that, that you need to know and have to be able to be able to get next level and, and that's where it highlight, and I think people you know have qualities that you just need to like let people know and share everybody's flawed you know but there's things that kobe did and as i did more research for this show and and learning unfortunately you know i was surprised when i spoke to arlington yesterday he's been a fan of kobe for from day one he's like sean i've i've read everything kobe's written i've listened to all of his talks to the point i was all kobe'd out and i was like this is before he passed he said absolutely and to me i just jumped on the kobe bandwagon from sunday you know but what i learned in his last week about this guy was some amazing things
3: do you know where the whole mamba mentality came from uh, please explain. do you know what a mamba is
4: i know it's a black snake
3: so for those who may not know what a mamba is and and where this mamba mentality really derived from or was inspired from but it was actually from a very low moment or point in his life um he's a, he he's, he went through tragedies he went through challenges you know and a black mamba really is a snake uh, who's able to strike with 99 percent accuracy at maximum speed in rapid succession. Right. And he felt he had to to bring out this alter ego at a time where he had to defend his name.
0: When Kobe transitioned to the Black Mamba. That was not when I got on board, because as Dion said in the beginning, he was going through his hurdles and he had to step forward and kind of become this person. And it was things that were happening on and off the court. But when the evolution of the Mamba began, when Kobe took the darkness, the the hurdles were put in the rear view and the Mamba mentality started to open up and become a a mindset that he started to share with the world. Mm -hmm. This idea of how you can be the best you can be and you can be fearless. And basically, the idea that you can be just like him Mm -hmm. in your own way, that's when I was like, yo, this dude is special.
4: And has it helped you in the workplace? And like the work environment? It's helped me
0: in my life in general because it's about... It was a place to go. It was in a moment when you had doubts. I would play his videos as challenges presented I would look in the book and read the quotes, you know, it became less about his ability on the court and more of his his approach to life. And I wanted to have that approach. And I knew I could have that approach. I could be that if he could do it, I could do it. And that's the thing I find great about Kobe. Love that He basically showed us if he could do it, you could do it. And he talked about it because most, I've never seen Tiger Woods tell someone how they could be like Mm. him. I've never seen Michael Jordan tell anyone. They made the campaign be like Mike, Well, Mike (laughs) didn't tell you how to be like Mike.
2: I I would also interject that the whole Mamba mentality, in, in some ways, the way I view it is, to your point, Arlington, there's a progression. As he went on his life journey, there were lessons, there were bumps in the road, there were great wins, there were some losses, and then The wisdom that came through all that and then kind of a crystallized vision of what the mentality turned out to be later in life. But it all kind of is connected to this journey of striving to be the best at what you're trying trying to do or Mm -hmm. trying striving to get better at what you're doing consistently or every day or really working hard to improve. Well, let me transition now since we're a
4: financial literacy show, and I think, and let's talk about like the impact business-wise for ourselves and what Kobe did as a businessman. And whoa, first thing-
0: whoa, slow down, people. <laughs> let's not go too far. Now, we got excited. <laughs> exactly. Talking about Kobe, I understand it. It gets you all pumped up. You ready to go? But listen, keep it locked to two black guys with good credit. We are breaking down the Kobe Bryant Mamba mentality, and you're going to love it. And Matt, I know, I know you were gonna say that, but then you know, I figured, you know, I've I've hosted before too, so I just took
2: it. Hey, three black guys <laughs> with good credit, just take it over. So when we come back, I'm gonna take over now. We're gonna we're gonna break down the tenets yeah, of the mama mentality. How about that?
0: Wow, uh, really? You just had to re you had to restate what I just said. Just so okay, guys. All right, no, no, no. commercial. <laughs> <That> <laughs> wow,
4: this okay. is why it's two black guys with good credit. <laughs> <laughs>
3: With
2: good credit. Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit, the show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. We are here today talking about Kobe Bryant and the Mamba mentality. So, Arlington, why don't you yes, break sir? down what the Mamba mentality is? If you want to use All my right. name throughout the definition, you're more than welcome to, Arlington. <laughs> <laughs>
4: you want to define me, um... give examples to me, to lead them to <laughs> me, you're more than welcome to.
0: You know what, Sean, I appreciate that. And I will keep that in mind. Thank you. <laughs> so, Matt, according to Kobe Bryant, the mama mentality is simple. We don't quit. We don't cower. We don't run. We endure. We conquer.
2: Powerful.
3: Mm. Mm.
2: That is it. All right. Well, those tenets are very powerful, and they are also applicable to our own individual lives, to our financial lives, to our, you know, any you could your business lives— we don't quit. We don't cower. We don't run. We endure. We conquer. That's powerful. That's it. So it is. Let, it is. Let,
0: but Matt, yeah. I just have to say something.
2: You gotta stop repeating my lines, man. Uh, I feel actually, like you're I was, a compliment, on my I was I for I feel the That's Arlington. Like peop- that was for the people that like. was for the people in the back who might not have heard you.
0: <laughs> oh wow! Now my voice isn't Woo, strong enough to it's carry. It's crowded on the
1: in here. Is that
0: Woo. what you? you're saying? Yeah, that's what I feel. I feel like- <laughs>
4: Now is, you know why easier. we separate them. Now you understand.
0: <laughs> I feel like he's saying there's one too many black <laughs> <laughs> There's a
4: lot of ego and testosterone in this
2: room right now, but let's talk. No, fo- no. Let's a we'll focus on Kobe, okay? So, so we don't quit. Let's talk about one of these first. Let's talk about all the tenants, but the first tenant, the first pillar, we don't quit, Arlington. What do you think when you think of we don't quit?
0: When I think of we don't quit, Matt. I think of when I first opened my store, I was going to open my store and I wanted to open my store in Malibu because I felt like what I had seen happen in the Hamptons was gonna happen in Malibu, meaning a beach town was going to come, was going to become a year round living space and people would need services, i.e. clothes, shoes, things of that nature. And I met up with a friend of mine from Nike and he said to me, You can't open there. Number one, there's no brothers in Malibu. And number two, you need to go open in East LA because that's where the brand is looking to do business. And I was like, what? I'm not going to East LA. That's not, there's nothing wrong with East LA, but that was not my vision. right? Right. So I went out to Malibu and the truth is it took me over a year to get my lease. And people said, you're not getting that space. You're not getting that space. And I remember, literally, I had a call where someone said, yo, you're not going to get that space. Just move on. And I said, well, we'll see. Wow. And two days later, I got a phone call. Hi, this is um, Cost Realty. We'd like to you to come in to sign a lease for the space. So we don't quit means you never give up. When you have a dream, you have a vision, you hold on to it, you keep it in your sights, you oh, yes. know, and you hold that. Like I'm sure Dion could expand that, like visioning board. Oh. You don't quit, you don't give up. You oh, have oh. a dream, you hold it. Right, Dion? That's exactly up The life
4: coach. Uh oh, the life coach is up. Said, oh, here that we that. go. <laughs> yeah, here we did it all in here.
0: Dion, <laughs> you see that? The he, life coach. He, Dion, Dion. Matt Matt wouldn't have set you up like
3: that. No, you just
0: laid it out nice,
3: red Uh, carpet uh, and all. You you (laughs) co-signing this,
2: Dion? Okay. I'm
3: so torn. (laughs) I love you both. But honestly, yes, um, Arlington, if you don't have a vision for the future, you're always going to be living in the past. So you have to have as clear a vision as possible. And that's what kept you going. That's what's going to wake you up in the morning, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I I can attest to that. Uh, I moved to New York, a little girl from Ottawa, Ontario, who wanted to work in fashion, and I wanted to work in Fifth Avenue, you know. And um, I don't know if you remember this, guys, but I, I when I first moved here in '98, you, you went through a newspaper and looked at the classifieds. Uh, what
4: are you talking? What are you talking about? <laughs> and yeah, Peter, uh, I saw.
3: Greybeard Peter Pan can't remember. <laughs> <that>? <laughs> <laughs>
4: what are you talking about?
3: Right, and I saw an ad for a fashion assistant. So I called them up, got an interview. I think it was within the first week that I, I moved to, to New York. And it was to work for a recruiting firm that specialized in the fashion industry. So Wait, was all, it, so
2: you mean all of New York didn't just recognize your, your fashion mean. sense and your beauty from day one?
3: <laughs> I was actually still trying to figure out my little <laughs> jacked-up fashion sense from Ottawa, Ontario. <laughs> but, you know, I showed up. And that's 90% of success, right? And... um. It was to be an assistant to a recruiter, you know, but specializing in the fashion industry wasn't quite what I had expected, but I said, you know what, I'll take the job, and it was the best thing that I ever did because I learned the ins ins and outs of of the fashion industry from a a different lens. I actually figured out what I wanted to do in fashion because I thought I wanted to be a buyer. You know, you you graduate, and all you think about is, oh, I want to travel the world as a buyer and pick clothes, and I found out, you know what, I I don't... after doing job descriptions and, you know, recruiting, I'm like, this is absolutely not what I want to do. I'd be sitting behind a computer all day. So it was through recruiting that I realized, you know what, I actually want to work on the wholesale side. But did I mention along the way, so while I'm working at this recruiting firm, um, I went from an assistant researcher to a recruiter. Don't forget, I hate what I'm doing, but I'm now learning what trade publications to read, how to create a really strong resume. I know what they're looking for, you know, for the particular position. And um, next thing you know, I get promoted to recruiter. Next thing you know, I actually get recruited to, to launch another division in another recruiting company, right? right? So one of the recruiters takes me with her to partner with her to start a new division. And did I mention that I hate what I'm doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's not what I want to do in life, but I had a vision to work in fashion in New York City. So when the time was right, I started using their fax machine, <laughs> you know, right. using their paper, and God, started putting things. out my resume. But now I knew what I wanted to do and where to target. And lo and behold, 20 years later, that's the magic number, I worked my way up to director of sales for a French fashion house by age 34. Nice. Because I had a vision. Yep. And, and didn't you didn't quit. quit. And didn't quit.
4: Well, I'll tell you my story. It's really about our show. And like, I look at two black guys of good credit as, as a business. And when we first started this journey, you know, I brought together the smart people that I know and the people I think can add value, which was the people that are here today. And you know, I call it, I was telling Matt on the train, I told you Arlington, like we had stages, like stage one was like, okay, we all have known each other for a long time, how can we make this work? And how can we get it together? And it was just learning how to work with each other. I mean, conversations were tense, arguments were intense, and it was really just trying to figure it out. There was division amongst us, and we were just like ready to throw in the towel. And then God sends you messages. So that was stage one. Our message was, and everybody can attest to, Apple, out of nowhere, ranked us as one of the top podcasts for Black History Month of 2018. And then as we put our differences aside and said, man, we got something here. Like we need to try to make it work, and that was like stage two. So stage two, and Arlington came in with his with his list of like you know what has to happen, how we need to work together, and I had we to take a, I had, to, I had yeah. to put my ego aside and be like you know, okay, this is a team thing. Everybody has an active part. Everybody has valuable things. And Arlington laid it down. If we're not going to do this, I'm not part of it.
3: But you know what else? There was something that was bigger. Th- we knew this was bigger than us. At the end of the day,
4: so the stage- vision
3: was that we knew this was bigger Absolutely. than us. And that, that this was needed.
4: Right. And the response so stage two was like, okay, we're doing it again. The team is back together again. Um, We still had our little, like, ruffles along the way, but we knew the purpose of this business and we knew where it could take us. And then, you know, we start, we were producing at home, Arlington in LA, I'm in New York, Matt in New York, Deanna in New York, and we're just humming along, getting decent shows. But Arlington and Matt can't complain. You know, I'll, I'll say it out loud. Our audio sucks, <laughs> you know. Everybody would say about our show, "Great show!" Can Dion be a little bit louder? Can Sean shut up? <laughs> Can we? What's that humming in the background? <laughs> so we knew like our audio needed to get work, but we were doing it from home. And then we one and two things happened. We had a meeting with Acast, and we signed with Acast, where we are now, where we're in a studio. If everybody knows our our recent shows are great audio. You know our brand is growing. We're getting emails from all over the world. We're getting new followers, and the business is moving forward. You know, to the point now we know what's next. We did our, our first. We did. We're doing ads with major brands now. So when when it comes down to business and about we don't quit, you have to have the vision. You have to see where your business can go, and not. And young people that are listening that want this instant satisfaction. It doesn't really happen like that. You have to grow your business. And we're still, I just think we're at stage four, and I still think we got about eight stages left to go before we get to where we need to get to.
2: I, I would say, to piggyback on everyone, as we discuss what We Don't Quit represents, when I think of We Don't Quit, the word quit, it also makes me think of how we start. And I think with Kobe, it started with his work ethic. And like if you have a goal and when we tie this to people, the listeners at home, whatever your financial goal is, if it's to get out of debt, if it's to improve your credit, if it's to start a business, if it's to, you know, buy a home, get into real estate and maybe to save up enough money, improve your savings or grow your savings so you can then own a home. A lot of this requires first that that vision before you can even quit. You have to have a vision. And I think when you have that vision and that work ethic. I think, well, Kobe was known for a maniacal work ethic. Dude was, like, would outwork everyone. And
3: so I'm going to ask you this stat. When he missed that shot, right, wasn't it? Oh, early in his career? Early in his career. And he went back to the gym that night. How many times? Was it 500 times?
2: It's kind of like the the legendary story that grows. I'm not sure exactly. But there's a few of those moments, like, he basically, as a young man, he airballed a bunch of shots. And he said in an interview... And he wasn't scared and he wasn't like um embarrassed. He wanted to figure out why he missed. Mm-hmm. This was young Kobe and he said he figured it out. When I was in high school, I played 32 games. The NBA, we played 82 games. Mm-hmm. My legs, I didn't have the strength. My I had lost my legs because all my shots were right online, but I missed. They were short. So I knew I had to work out and gain strength. So he had a strategy and he didn't wasn't embarrassed by the failure. He just knew he had to recalibrate and go hard. But it's, fu- it's funny. I'm training my son now in basketball.
4: He's trying to make his high school varsity team. And like when I'm training him with all the other players, we, I, I commit it to three times a week, two hours a day, and he does the other two days. When we're, and when I tell him all the time, Chase, like you're, it's not that you can't play the game. You just don't have the confidence. So old man Sean laced up his old Jordans, and we played a three-on-three game against these other guys. And my son took the a couple, a first shot and it went over the backboard. And his teammate, his friend, best friend Jaden was like, started laughing. And I can see the confidence like, just leave. Like
0: father like son. <laughs> I can see the confidence
4: just leave my son. It just left him. He sulked, his head went down. And I had to shake him. I said, Chase, come on, get into it. Don't care if you miss. Keep shooting, keep playing. And by the end of the game, we actually, his friend Jaden got upset because I was like, you know, we're going to pass around the ball. Everybody's going to get involved. So Jaden kind of quit and we were down 12 9. And Chase got into it. Chase brought us back from 12-9 nice. to 12-all. Then Jaden was like, okay, I'm back in <laughs> this game now. And, you know, I said, see, the lesson learned, it's all confidence, you know. It's all about confidence and having that ability to
2: know that you can – things are going to happen, but you just got to overcome them, you know.
3: Right, right.
2: So, yeah, I think we, we pretty much agree that we don't quit. It applies to all aspects of all of our lives. and we, all, we I mean, I think a lot of people, we know this, but – you have tangible examples of how it works because for any of your financial goals, as major or as far reaching, or, or like if it feels like it's an impossible dream, you really have to start making incremental gains, which is something Kobe was also very big on. It's like, you know, working like how, you know, when you're working with Chase or working, whatever we're doing, if mm-hmm. it's, it, it requires us to really make a plan and really work day after day to improve to reach the goal and that to me when you say we don't quit it's it's endurance and it's having the long game in mind and that's
0: what i wanted to Mm -hmm. touch on man i think that's the that's the point that we i want to uh tap
2: here Mm -hmm. is the
0: long game people look at kobe's kobe in these last few years and they're like oh look what he's done post-career he had been setting this up for over the course of his 20 year basketball career. Right. right, It had always been his mission to tell stories. He loved telling stories, but he learned how to be better at it through the commercials he did, the endorsement deals. He would sit with Nike and go over storyboards. He would go over how to create a story arc. He would go over how to, how to pull you into the story because he never, like he said, I didn't go to film school. I didn't go to university and and learn how to write scripts. I didn't do any of that. But he had a long-term goal and he used what was at his disposal to learn over time. And, and eventually and he walks away and he does what he'd been working
3: on for 20 years.
0: And, and, and everyone acts say like this. he came out
3: of nowhere. I want to jump on this because when you, mm-hmm. again, so when now, have you heard of Ross? r-a-s no. activation. rastafari
4: rasta <laughs> that, actually <no. laughs> the
3: scientific term uh ras it actually it's an acronym R- recticular activation system all right that's basically if say for example you you buy a blue honda accord right mm-hmm. what do you start seeing from the time you end up buying the from the time you Oh, buy that, you start to see blue Hondas. blue Hondas everywhere. All you see is blue Hondas, right? Because now it means something to you, right? Mm-hmm. It's in your mm-hmm. world. So think about it. If your vision is as clear as you say it is, right, as Kobe's was, don't you think in everything that he's doing now, he's seeing an opportunity as to how it's going to move him forward yes. towards that vision? So even though he didn't go to film school, He's in commercials while he's, where he gets to sit with producers and understand storyboards. And he sees how that will still lead him to where he wants to go.
0: Yeah, he, clear, he clearly right? does. But that was the other beauty of Kobe Bryant, which is an important thing to remember in business and finance. You have to, as Sean says, you got to set your ego aside, focus on the bigger dream, and begin to ask questions. And put yourself in a position to learn.
4: Wow. We ain't quitting, dog. And now I, w- I just want to go to the next one. Oh, we but right here? I
3: can just just chime in one last thing sorry guys because i literally just heard this story and you know i love my steve harvey right Mm -hmm. and he was telling his story in his very low moment where he almost did quit quit and he said the one thing maybe i should say this for the bottom line but the one you can think you can guarantee if you do quit is you actually actually won't achieve your dream that's the only thing you'll guarantee and I thought that was pretty powerful when <laughs> you, you miss every shot you don't Can take. Can I get to the word right. I'm trying to learn right now? Yes,
2: that's the a clean. I yeah. love that line.
4: Can I get to the word now? Because I'm, I'm excited to get to this one. Because one thing that Kobe said, and I had to Google this word, is that, you know, Matt, we don't cower.
0: Okay, so what's define cower there, buddy, since you Googled it?
2: Fearless, overcoming
4: fear, taking tasks. Did I get
2: it right? Absolutely. And Kobe definitely embodied fearlessness, you know, in, in a lot of ways. I mean, he's, his whole basketball persona was about taking and making big shots, sometimes bad shots, and they'd go in. Sometimes he'd miss, and he wouldn't care. He'd, like, you know, on to the next. But I think that's definitely something that, that transitions or oh, translates yeah. oh, to our yeah. lives. Like, we got to take and, and make shots. And, you know, sometimes, you know, we're going to miss, or mm-hmm. there's going to be, you know, mistakes, but you can't live in fear. You have to have a, a, a goal in mind and attack it, but also, we've made this point, but it, it's, a, it's a through line of his life. It's preparedness and getting the information and, and surrounding yourself with the right people. If you're prepared, then that will eliminate or help to eliminate the fear. If you know what you want to do, if you want to improve your credit, you know your credit's jacked up, well, there's things you can do. Instead Resource of putting you your head from. in the stand, mm-hmm. instead of being afraid of it, if that's you it right there, that's it. That yeah. I will, I,
0: I agree with you. Like, we don't cower means you open your credit card statement yes.
4: <laughs> and see
0: how much you owe. We don't cower means if you're not sure what your credit score is, you sit down in front of the computer and you find that information. We don't cower means if your credit. Score doesn't seem to be what you believe it is, and you need to contact the three bureaus to find out what's going on. You make that call, you send the email, you write the letter. Yes. You're never defeated.
2: I'll you don't you, cower. You're free. run
0: things. Tings do right, right. no run we. Oh
3: my God. I right, look horrible. Right, what, what, oh, what? What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. I'll tell you. No. I'll tell you. Oh
4: my
3: Lord. <laughs> I, you have to be careful who your <laughs> hanging no, with your yoke. Tuesday night, I was Sean no, way no, too no. long. We <laughs> run
4: things. Tings no not run we. Get it right, you, my you. Oh my But I'll say this. Arlington, you know, he's always my, like, you know, my whiteboard where I come to him with all my crazy ideas and he'll tell you he just he's always say his he's always say, sean linda <laughs> and you know i'll say this and he can he can attest to it you know if i'm just going to use this word and i don't really keep this word in my vocabulary is that you know i fail more than i succeed and but failure to me is not really a failure it's just a learning experience yes. i learn from it and i pivot you know and i always say this yes for the nine things that i didn't succeed on when I look back and I'm like, wow, sometimes I'm happy I didn't go that route and then I went this route. But what I've learned has been phenomenal. And then the one thing that I succeed on out of the nine that I didn't propels me so much far ahead. So even if I, so that's when I look at when things that I don't get through on, I'm like, when I do hit it. I just leap
2: forward ten bounds. Also, the things that you miss on, you can learn from those things, right. and that's how and that's how that's business gross.
4: is. That's how business is. You have a lot of learning experiences along the way. You're not batting a thousand. I even say with my
3: business, I'm I always if I get the first base, sometimes I can get the second base. I'm happy. I don't hit triples. Hey, I mean, every successful person you talk to, they've, they've on average have failed at least nine times.
2: And and let's be real, there's people out here in this world. That are dealing with major financial issues. That it's understandable that there's going to be nerves and fe- like if your if if your car is getting repossessed, if if you're losing your home, if you're, you know if you're dealing with major stuff, you have to find it in you, find that heart, f- tap into your inner Mamba mentality. You got to step up and deal with it because it's not going to go away, and putting your head in the sand is not going to fix it. And I'll tell you this, like you know. Like Bob says, release, release, release
4: yourself from mental slavery. You know how many people I talk to about business, financial, come in and speak to me, and it's all mental. It's yeah. all inside. They're trapped inside their own head, mm-hmm. fear, fear, having the fear of to move forward. And if you don't learn anything from Kobe, life is short, people. He lived 41 years, but he did so much in that 41 years. And you, whoever's listening to the show, you have the luxury that life is still continuing for you to re- achieve your goals, your financial goals.
3: The last thing I'm going to say on it is he was in action. He would take massive action. So if you want to get over your fear, take action.
2: Yep.
0: Get into
3: motion. Well, well, the other thing
0: I wanted to add is like what Matt was saying. Because you're being fearless doesn't mean you're not afraid. Right. You do it anyways. fearless is moving anyways. Like Dion just said, it's taking action. You can be afraid, but don't let the fear Make you catatonic, make you immobile.
4: Okay. Okay, cat,
0: cat. All,
2: all right, A <laughs> love. <laughs> that's how
0: we do it. That's how we do it. But that's the point. Don't let fear create stagnancy. You want to keep moving forward. It's okay to be afraid. Flight or
2: fight or flight. Well connected to right? Connected to the we don't cower, the next tenant is we don't run. And these are so, all Kobe things, just so like, I Yeah, know, the, the mamba mentality. The We're mamba, breaking down the yeah, mamba mentality. Did that guy just wake up? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Welcome to the show there, Linda. <laughs> no, it's called Three Black Guys of Good boy, Credit. Boy,
2: <laughs> so, Forbes, when you hear we don't run, tell me about it. What What comes to mind?
0: When you say we don't run, Matt, the first thing that comes to mind is when Kobe said, I was going up against Michael Jordan. And I let him know I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Bring whatever you Mm. have. I hear they're calling you Black Jesus, Black God, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) Bring it. I'm standing right Mm. here. And I'm going to be in your face every play. And when I think, so when I think of that, that's that same confidence you have to take out into life, into your business life, into your personal life, where you say, whatever comes my way, I'm standing right here. I'm gonna show up.
4: Forget about if Michael. This... Forget about Michael. He stood up to Shaq. He wanted to fight Shaq. And Shaq even said on his podcast, like, this dude is crazy. Like, I have and then that's when Shaq respected him because he's like, most people would back away from me. But if this guy's gonna wanna fight me, this shows like this mamba mentality. Like he he ain't running.
3: And really, what did he go and do in the end? He surpasses Michael Jordan to become the third on the NBA's all-time scoring list with 32,310 career points. I mean, and really. It,
2: it's crazy like that, that last week LeBron now just passed and surpassed Michael and Kobe, so he's now third, but but to your point he didn't back down or run from the challenge of the legend of Michael. Right. He stepped up, stepped in, leaned into mm. it, and said, "I'm here. Let's mm. go." And Which, he was chasing the goat. He yeah.
4: was chasing him. Oh. He was trying to get as many rings as Michael. He was.
3: He was. That's he wasn't. powerful because you use that person to anchor you, right? Rather than being afraid of it and running the other way, that's a lesson in itself. Actually, yep. use that to propel you forward. It actually makes you a better athlete, business person, right? Use your competition to harness what you want to create. With
4: this show, I'm listening to all the financial podcasts out there, and I'm like, we're there. We need to get there. We need to get better. And Arlington helps push me. He's like, he tells me all the time, Sean, we have a great show. We just keep got to do what we're doing and get better at it. So we're like and that
2: Mamba mentality with this show, trying to really attack the financial literacy world. And and I still want to bring it back to similar to the We Don't Cower For the listeners out there, if you're dealing with challenges with your finances, dealing with challenges with your business, it's like you know, to the basketball side of me, when I look at Kobe and I think about when he uh, ruptured his Achilles and he, you know, he he limped to the free throw line, took his free throws, went to the locker room, he cried for a moment, and then he said, got on the phone with his doctor, he he uh, basically went and set up his appointment to get his surgery, knowing this was going to be a year, year and a half process of rebuilding himself to get back to the league, but he didn't run from it. And he could have mm-hmm. retired. Everybody would if he we would have went out there, everybody would be like okay with well, it. They understand. So yeah. if you're if you're, you're if you're not your Achilles is ruptured, but let's say your bank account or your credits ruptured, mm-hmm. you got you can't run from it. You gotta step up.
3: Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well said that
0: you have to do that. And I think, you know, even in his business life, Kobe showed when they started that fund, they bet on twenty eight different companies. Four of them have gone public. You know, there are some of them went out of business, but you kept. he kept going. He didn't run from the challenge. He didn't run from, you know, people saying stuff to him like, you're an athlete. What do you know about
3: running a hedge fund?
0: What do you know about business? People, sometimes people have categories for you. It's like you walk into certain places and they've already created a narrative around you, but you can't run from that. You can't shrink from that. You have to stand up, stand firm and say, Hey, this is who I am and this is what I'm here to do And this is my brand.
4: Like as a black man and with dreadlocks, I get it all the time. I get profiled all the time. And my goal in life is to break those profiles and and really, you know, you can either walk the path or create the path, you know, and I'm really about creating a path and for people to understand, you know, who Sean Linda was, what he's trying to do, the impact he's trying to leave on, on the next generation.
3: Yeah, and he lets, he lets the results speak for itself. So, you know, fast forward, his firm now is more worth more than two billion dollars.
2: Well, the yeah. the worth of his the firm kind of really transitions to the uh, the next tenant, which is we endure, we conquer, and his mm. he conquered. When you look at the success, winning an an Academy Award, buying, you know, investing in body armor, just you know, from the 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 company Granity, which to me it's like, if, I don't know if you know what the name means. Of, of the name of his company, Granity, it was like uh, he made up a word greater than infinity, like, which was in his mind. It's like, I want to create. Basically, he just everything was about greatness. Mm-hmm. And yes, he took that vision and he successfully got where he was trying to go. So I think Arlington, when you think of the we endure, we conquer, what, 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 is that, what does that uh, th- make you think of? When about? I
0: think of we endure, <clears throat> I think of that whole idea of taking. A dream and making it a reality, it's a long ball game. It requires endurance. You know, it's the same as when you raise your head. You know, here's what I think of with We Endure in addition to that. Hey, people, sorry, I'm at work. We're trying to make it happen right here. I'm not going to front. There's no shame in my game. We're taping this podcast while this business is open. If you need to buy some art or some high end clothing, I'm your man. What I think of, Matt, was when Sean said to me 20 years ago, do you have a credit card? And I was like, no, man, my life is all cash. I remember that. Oh, my
4: God. I remember that. And he
0: was like, what? He's like, you can't live without a credit card. And I looked at him like, oh, yes, I can. My life is all cash. But I was saying that because I knew my credit was messed up. And he said, we can build this back. Mm. And he showed me how to do that.
2: That's awesome.
3: Yeah.
0: He showed me how to do that. And that, that path to build it back took over three years. And I went from whatever that number was mm-hmm. to having a score of 740, I think, at some point, And well being good. able to eventually to leverage that. But I didn't quit. I didn't give up. I said, "Okay," and he guided me step by step, and I took it and I did whatever had to be done. And back then it was not just jumping on a computer to fix things. It was making phone calls right. and getting documents sent in the mail mm. and then writing letters it was a process. and putting it back. It was a process. Right. So you have to endure for what it, you have to, without the endurance process. there's no success. There's no success.
2: Dion, Sean, do you guys when you think of we endure, we conquer, any 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 thoughts? It's sticking with the game plan and understanding that, yes, the, the path may not
4: be straight. There may be you may have to go left or go right, but getting back on that path and knowing that you have to stick with this game plan and understanding like a lot as I get I'm forty seven now, so the people <laughs> that I see people that I see that haven't achieved their goals is because they let distractions come in the way. And you can't, You got to understand, life is about distractions. So if you have a sure. solid business plan and things that you want to do, understand part of your business plan where they don't teach you in school is called a thing called distractions, what we call life. Life. Mm-hmm. You know. And so you have to understand that, yeah, you may have a kid, yeah, you may get into an accident, things may happen, but get back on that path and keep moving forward towards your goals.
2: Well, yes. on this path, we actually have to take a quick break <laughs> as we're discussing the Mamba Mentality. So stay tuned for more two black guys with good credit when we come back. We're going to give you a few more jewels that we learned from the great life of Kobe Bryant. So stay tuned. Yes.
0: I want to talk about We Conquer. Oh, I'm
2: man. ready for that. Oh lord. Okay. Yeah. Can you get the third black guy
4: out of here? Don't you have some shoes to sell or something over there, dude? <laughs> sell some art. Two
3: black guys with good credit.
2: Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit. Today, we are honoring the life and legacy of the great Kobe Bryant, and we are discussing the Mamba mentality and how that relates to our own journey with our financial literacy, our financial dreams, our business, and everything we're trying to do with our lives. So, let's keep this going. We conquer. The last tenet of his Mamba mentality. We conquer.
3: We conquer. We are conquerors. What
2: what do you think about... (laughs) We're lion. We're (laughs) a (laughs) conqueror. What do you think about when you think we conquer, Forbes?
0: Man, when I think about we conquer, I think of Kobe putting his ego to the side and calling Anna Winters to discuss fashion. I think of Kobe making phone calls to famous actors in Hollywood to figure out how they how they become their characters and how their characters evolve and what's important in a script. I think of Kobe Bryant calling the head designer of Apple to find out what is his design process and then applying all this information to his basketball game Mm. and his vision for his life past basketball. We don't conquer is, we conquer is about thinking outside the box. It's about preparing yourself. It's about being ready to make that step to win, mm. and then being ready to do the work, paying attention to the details, and accepting nothing less from yourself than your best.
2: Absolutely.
3: That, I think, is what the, the, where a lot of people have a tough time conquering, because there is the discipline that's necessary, the consistency every day. That's where mm-hmm. you get conquered sometimes and never make it to where you want to go. So for sure, that's huge.
0: Well, but you know what Kobe said about that, Matt? I'm just going to step in real quick. He said when he hurt, when he was injured, he didn't look at the mountain. He just took a step. That's powerful. And that is where we get Incremental because progress. we spent so much time looking at the mountain. We got overwhelmed. How am I ever going to go from 540 to 7, 715? Mm-hmm. How am I going to pay back the 20 grand I put on this credit card? You take incremental steps. You make a budget. You make a plan. You approach it and you put one foot in front of the other. And eventually you will have paid that back. You will wake up and look at your credit score and it will say 740.
2: Absolutely. I want to make a turn here. And Sean, I want to kind of throw this at you. Um, It's kind of a, a difficult part of this journey, but in light of of Kobe's untimely death there's another part of this which is we need to also make sure we all have our our affairs in order in terms of being prepared for death our estate planning wills trusts life insurance what what do you think about when you think about that part of this the the, the lessons our takeaways i always say you know you've lived a very selfish life if you're not thinking about the
4: next generation and preparing and that comes with everything you just mentioned Matt, with life insurance with estate planning and then not uh, when you're alive, like, I think the mentality of, like, when you pass, your kids open this white envelope and it has everything written out for them to do. I try with my kids to, like, for example, I just got my—every year um, the city sends in New York the estimated value of your property, and they send mm-hmm. it out once a year. I got Chase— and I brought him, and I opened it with him. I said, Chase, this is your letter, which is my son. You read and see what this property is worth. So so you know when I tell you to keep your room clean and do certain things, you understand why <laughs> we're doing it because this property is yours. I'm your tenant. I'm only living in this place because it's your place, and you have to know the value of what you have. I just want to, I want my kids to know that what they have, how to – leverage that resource and how to grow. So I think it's really about preparing for the next generations why you're doing this kind of stuff. So for those that are starting your business, when you're starting your business, when you're in your business, you have to, I always tell Orange and Orange, I talk about it all the time, your business can't end with you. If you're in a business where that you die, my business ends, then you're not running yeah. a successful business. <clears throat> like Kobe mm-hmm. p- fortunately passed away, but his businesses are going to continue. Vanessa's yeah. going to be at those board meetings now for Kobe Inc. Vanessa's going to be part of his business ventures that he left behind, and that's where we all have to strive to get to. I-,
2: I would piggyback on that, Sean, and say that also takes us to one other major aspect and takeaway from Kobe's life, which is— Like, you you just connected it to our heirs, our family, and making sure the businesses don't end. But it's also, Kobe lived and was sharing with community. He was mentoring. And I think that's another takeaway that we can all glean from his life is the importance of each one, teach one, the importance of having mentors in our lives and being mentors to to the next generation, to the youth, to our peers. If you have knowledge or expertise, sharing that and helping each other kind of rise up and live our, quote-unquote, our best lives.
3: Because really and truly, how much money do you need? Honestly, he doesn't really need another billion. So what... Is this really, Sean or what, Kobe? This is... Sorry. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> so what are you really working for at this point, right? It's purpose, it's legacy, right? Your, your values start to change. So it's really about being on purpose and how can I actually give back? And I think I may have actually used this quote before, but you, first you're learning, right? You learn, then you earn, and then you return.
2: OK, well, since we're going there, I got a quote for us, too. Hey, Kobe said there's power in understanding the journey of others to help create your own. Mm. So I think on this note, I'd like to turn it and give everyone a quick opportunity to kind of, you know, show their appreciation or give their final words. Any thoughts on what Kobe meant to you or just everyone kind of, you know, what's your what's your Kobe take on this?
3: You know what? I'm de- I'm, I'm going to say this. Um, I actually read that. Uh, Kobe went to church that morning before he got on that helicopter, and I, I learned that he was quite a man of faith. He was quiet about it, but I think again, it just puts everything to perspective that he didn't do this all by himself. You know, he was pulling from the source, right? So that's probably one of something that was just a, another reminder, I guess, for me on my spiritual journey, right? That um, he was kingdom-minded. You know, so all the abundance, all all of all of the I think divine pros- prosperity, the wisdom, the good judgment, all the things—the fruits of, you know—the Holy Spirit—is what he, what he embodied, right? So I think that's probably just another reminder and takeaway for me. A little
4: deep, dear lady, a, with the facts as
3: an influential person, <laughs> Sean. Um, mm-hmm.
4: w- what's your? I would say, you know, what I admired about Colby and I think Arlington kind of mentioned it earlier, is his ability to like learn from others and more look at them as a mentoring position. And I think, like, you know, my great friend Glenn is a mentor to me about how to be a father, you know. Um, I've been working with Eric Adams recently. I'm just me- learning from him, like, some political things. I think you should just take certain people out of your life. My lawyer, Roger, I've learned so much from him. Just look, aspire from people, and, like, learn from them, you know, get that mentoring man to get multiple, and take from them to grow yourself, grow your brand, further yourself, um, financially and spiritually, like Dion just mentioned. So I think um, what I liked about Kobe is he 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 was like he said his education was around learning from people. From a guy that just graduated from high school, he understood the power of
2: mentors. Arlington Forbes, do you have any uh, final thoughts on what Kobe meant to you?
0: I take a Kobe quote: "You reach your full potential by getting better every single day. That's the quest, and that to me." coupled with the fearless determination and attention to detail that Kobe showed throughout his life is amazing. Because sometimes when you have a certain level of attention to detail, people want to beat you back. Like, come on, why is that important? Let's move off that. It's not a big deal. But details to people that pay attention to details are important. And details can often be the division between good and great. And I think when I think of him, he pushes me to be more detail-oriented. He pushes me to get better every single day. Because for me, at this age in my life, getting better every day is what keeps me in the game of life. It's like Dion said, it's what keeps you motivated. It's what gets you up in the morning because it's not about money. It's about continuing to grow and stay in the game of life. So to me... I'll always listen to Kobe Bryant messages. I'll always open the black mama book and take a quote that I can walk with that day. And, um, you know, the loss of him was heavy for me. It definitely was heavy because it's not just, it's, it's not that I lost a friend. We weren't friends. He was someone I had an opportunity to work with, but I felt like I lost a mentor, even though he may not have known he was mentoring me.
2: I'm still here for you, brother. Well, Thank you, <laughs> I'll, I'll wrap this up by saying, for me, it, it, I'll echo you, Arlington. I feel like um, losing a mentor. I feel like I've lost a family member. Like, I was so uh, much of a, a Laker fan and Kobe fan. But one, what I value when I think about Kobe and, and what he meant, are the, the biggest takeaway for me is valuing our time. And when I think about his number, number 24, it's funny because I also think about 24 hours in our day. Kobe had the same 24 hours that we all have, and he was very – very focused on maximizing his hours. We all uh, are on different degrees of the spectrum, but I look at my own life and I think I can do a better job of managing my 24 hours, of maximizing my 24 hours, of valuing the 24 hours. And we are not guaranteed another hour. We don't know when our hour is going to come. So his untimely death, it makes me think we have to value our day, our people, our family, our friends, the blessing that we have of our lives. You cannot waste your time. And if you're dealing with struggles or financial issues or life or health issues, attack it head on and basically value the blessing of life.
4: Well, I would just like to th- we're going to end this a little different this show. Um, once again, rest in peace. The great Kobe Bryant. We just want to thank you for listening to two black guys with good credit and today three black guys with good credit and the lady with the facts as well. I'm Sean Linda. Um the part of the team of, of two black guys with good credit, and
3: we're out. Two black guys with good Hold
1: up.
3: to learn more, what would you like the power to do? Bank of America NA, copyright 2024.
0: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less
1: than clay litter.